I feel like you're gonna be totally. Or, we seem so loud. Sorry. <laughs> like maybe I should turn the gain down. I feel like the levels are gonna be out of control. <laughs> At last, with my fancy new headphones. <laughs> are they more comfortable? Yeah. Good. <sighs> you all right? Yeah, I was gonna cheers you, and then I was like, oh, oh wait, you're boring yours, <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> so I'm just gonna sit here and hold my beer. Can hear so much more detail. Yeah, they're nice headphones. It's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Deep. Mm. Uh, that's a mm. lost episode that we did not air. I mentioned what type of headphones I use and finally upgraded Brett to <laughs> appropriate podcasting headphones. On the recording in the middle of the intro. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that information handy though, so I can't can't they, tell you now what they are. They are Sony S. I mean, fucking seven five zero sixes. <laughs> but they're good. They're over the ear um, noise isolating headphones. Yeah. I believe is what they are. So there's a huge difference. I'm probably going to be a little weird on this until I get used to the way that it's supposed to. Are they more comfortable sound. though? They're definitely a lot more comfortable, and they're not shocking the inside of my face. So that's there's nothing good. Nothing shoved down your ear canal. Yeah. So yeah. No, no damaging your ears unless I just crank the gain. Yeah. Don't crank the gain. Don't <laughs> crank. Crank, crank it up. <laughs> Welcome to the Nightmare Box, presenting mistakes were made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the very dolled up, looking very sexy on Valentine's Day, Kristen motherfucking Bloom. How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I wasted entirely too much time trying to figure out what I was going to wear. So. <laughs> glad you like it. It looks pretty. Thank you. It looked real good, balled up on my bedroom floor. <laughs> What a terrible 1970s pickup line. There you go. <laughs> so it's uh, officially 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole COVID thing's nothing of the past. It's and... gone. Political strife over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> it's like a childhood memory at this point. I've been vaccinated, though, since the last time we talked. So uh, for me, it's less stressful because I'm really hoping the vaccine works. <laughs> <laughs> It was kicking the shit out of you, though. Mm -hmm. Kristen is one of those people, her, her immune system's for shit to begin with. And so this... She has the asthma. Yeah. So she uh, damn near died within two days of getting the vaccine. I thought we were going to have to go to the hospital. She was in pain. <laughs> no, the she first... She goes, you go, my eyes hurt. And I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> the first dose wasn't bad. The Yeah, the first dose, like, my... And it wasn't... Like, it's a hard-to-describe feeling. It wasn't like my eyes were, like, dry eye, like, itchy, burning sensation. Yeah. It was like when you have a fever and you feel like you're radiating heat, but specifically only in my eyeballs. I never get sick. I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> well, whenever I get sick and I have a fever, I'm, like, achy, and I can, like, I can yeah. feel the heat radiating off of me, and that was how my eyeballs felt. Ugh. But I felt fine, um, other than that. After the first dose, the second dose kicked my ass, though. Like, my whole second body dose hurt. took you out for, like, three days. Yeah, my whole body hurt. Like, everything was exhausting. I'd get out of bed to do, like, a minor chore and be like, I'm going back to bed now. <laughs> so, it, it was rough, but I... The pandemic's a thing of, of the past. I'm still not vaccinated. I'm yeah. still not scared. <laughs> <laughs> no more masks. Trump 2024. Mm -mm. No, <laughs> you stop that. That's not true. But, yeah, um been vaccinated since we last talked so hopefully maybe someday Hell yeah in the future 
COVID's a thing of the past. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> There's no way. It's going to keep going on and on and on and on and on until we're all fucking dead. <laughs> I don't sense sarcasm in your voice at all. No, 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 no. You want to tell them about the day? Or at least the day we had planned? I was, gonna, <laughs> I was super duper fucking romantic this go around. I bought Kristen the... Uh, the Universe of Us. Universe of Us. I was trying to Lang Liev, right? Or Lang Leave. I, th- I always say leave on her last name. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how you pronounce L-I-E-V. it. L-I-E-V. Uh, it's L E A V. L E A V. So it's literally spelled like leave, just without the e at the end. So mm-hmm. I always call her Lang Leave. I, she is, um, gosh, Asian. I I don't want to yeah. try to pinpoint what specific country she's from. So it, it may. It's probably she was a child during the reign of the Khmer Rouge, <laughs> but I cannot remember where that was. <laughs> so it is probably pronounced with way more flair than I'm. <laughs> into it is probably not leave it's probably like leave or something like that but i always just call her ling leave <laughs> um but it was a valentine's day eve gift is what it turned into um because i believe the very first valentine's gift i got you was also one of her books and that one was called i think it's love and misadventure or love and other misadventures or something something like ones. that yeah. yeah but it's really. your favorite poet and so that was the Christmas, or not Christmas Eve, the Valentine's Day Eve. <laughs> Don't go back to Christmas. Thing. And then I had this huge plan for today where I was like, we're going to go to the bookstore, we're going to get a cookbook, and then we're going to pick a recipe out of that cook. So it was like a mystery well, dinner all well, day. Preemptively, to explain why that was important, um, Brett and I have recently started doing uh, Sunday specific date nights because it's the only day we yeah. get off together where... We pick a random recipe out of one of our cookbooks and um, go buy the ingredients and make it. And it mm-hmm. has to be a recipe we've never made before. And we both have a couple of vegan cookbooks, so we've yeah. been experimenting with some vegan recipes. Did a vegan lasagna. Did some kick-ass enchiladas. What was the other one? Uh, it was a... Not Korean. It was Thai. Thai. It was a, yeah. yeah, it was a Thai it was noodle a bowl. Thai peanut mm-hmm. bowl. Well, actually, I did not read the instructions, and we made <laughs> two different sauces for it. So we had both a peanut bowl and uh, like an orange something yeah. bowl. Um, but yeah, so that's that's why we were gonna go buy a cookbook and pick out a recipe and yeah. make something for Valentine's. <laughs> Didn't quite pan out. <laughs> Typically, I just knock out the world's greatest chicken parm on Valentine's Day because it's my favorite thing to eat, and I'm selfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're going to have lamb. We are having lamb. But Wait. So today, our plan did not go quite as planned. <laughs> Would you like to tell them about it, my love? Yeah. Because uh, mistakes were fucking made. I don't deal well with pressure. <laughs> I wasn't trying to pressure you. <laughs> We like you make it sound like I'm huffing and puffing, <laughs> slapping you up in the barns. No, and I meant like cause you know, like anytime you ask me what I want to do for dinner or where I want to go, I'm like I don't care. <laughs> like I don't, I don't like making choices. Yeah, and then so, I brought you to the place with ten thousand different yeah, recipes. There's a lot of cookbooks with a lot of really yummy looking things in them, and I was like I don't. A lot of things in here look good, and mm-hmm. a lot of the books look good, and I don't know which one I want to do. And then Brett mentioned. Uh, because I stumbled across one that had a really nice looking fish and chips recipe. And <laughs> after an hour of looking through all these books, Brett mentioned that fish and chips recipe again. And I was like, yeah, that does sound good. What book was that in? So we wasted probably another half hour trying to find the book yep. that we could not find. <laughs> so I am convinced at some point during that hour plus, we entered a different timeline. And yeah. the timeline in which Brett and Kristen found the fish and chips book. 
never truly existed. Isn't a part of our universe anymore. Yeah. No, I feel like we didn't spend an hour and a half in the Barnes and Noble. We spent an hour and a half in the cookbook section of the Barnes and Noble. <laughs> like two crazy fucking people who just pulling one book off and then like reading it on top of the other books. And like the people kept walking past us. Nobody ever asked us if in the hour help. and a half we needed help. Or I would have just screamed at them, where's the fish and chips recipe? <laughs> The really tasty one with the homemade onion rings. <laughs> I found a different one that had fish and chips, but it was uh, fish and french fries, which yeah. I think is a more traditional that, fish yeah, and Yeah, that's chips, what right? the chips are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the one we found the first time was homemade onion rings and fish, and I could not find that book mm-hmm. again, so we have entered a different timeline, and welcome to this new universe that we're in. <laughs> but what book did we wind up with? Um, so I ended up getting a book called Local Dirt by Andrea Bemis. I I feel like I've seen her recipes before. I don't know if I follow her on Instagram or something, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's going to be fun. It talks about like local recipes and local vegetables and stuff yeah. like that. So um, that was kind of the point of the Sunday tradition is we're trying to do healthy cooking specifically. Exactly. So yeah, we've been doing vegan stuff and then this go around we wanted to get or I wanted to get anyway, something that actually had some meat recipes mm-hmm. in it because Brett and I aren't vegan. Um, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with vegan recipes, just yeah. I, I like meat as well. It's, we've relegated it to one day of the week, and if we do it once every two weeks, I'll be happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with once a week even. I just don't want to eat vegan every night. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is the one that we got. It's called Local Dirt, and apparently she's the author of... Um, dishing up the dirt. She's a writer, a recipe developer, and photographer. Um, has a food blog. And apparently her blog chronicles her life on her six-acre organic farm in Oregon, which is called the Tumbleweed Farm. So hmm. it's kind of cool. She has her own organic farm where I'm assuming she probably grows a lot of her Hell own recipes yeah. and stuff. But yeah, I was just like, oh, that's neat. And then they um, sell their vegetables at the local's farmer market and to their community and stuff. But It'd be fun to read the perspective of cooking from someone who actually grows their own food. Yeah. You know, you have those celebrity cookbooks and it's like, how much of these recipes did you really design? Like, look at the Rachel Ray and it's like, "Hmm, I don't trust you. Yeah. I feel like somebody else developed this recipe for you. I feel like there's an editing team. And they put your face on it. But I think this chick actually like grows her own food. Yeah. Makes her own stuff with her own local like stuff that she grows so that'll be fun the version of that that you did not like was the meat eater cookbook you're like oh it's the dude with the hunting show and didn't think that there'd be any steps on processing deers well they literally <laughs> show like i mean the I butchering yeah. process <laughs> i guess photos help but because i like photos in my cookbooks but yeah they show you like the process of like stripping the meat and mm-hmm. yeah they're there's blood in those photos. <laughs> did not like that. He had I don't pic- like blood attached to my meats. He had a picture of a cute little, like, golden retriever, like, carrying a dead duck in its mouth. And it was like a little puppy. Yeah. I was like, why? You no. said it out loud in the Barnes & Noble. There's a picture of a dog with a duck in its mouth. And I was like, it's Montana, sweetheart. <laughs> I think the guy's quail hunting. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but yeah, so we picked that book. And then I picked a recipe from that book that looked like a really tasty uh, cranberry... Or it was pork chops with, like, a cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. And, um... There's no pork chops at the grocery store. <laughs> So we are not doing a recipe from the book because I, I apparently picked the one that 
they don't it's have not your fault <laughs> no it's not your fault at all we probably should have gone to like a fancier store that had like a butcher and gotten um, the actual stuff unlike arby's i do not have the meats i don't have the meats but i did find a book while we were in there that would probably tell you how to make all the arby's foods oh, that was ridiculous <laughs> why would anybody want that I don't know. Like, it can't possibly be really all that much healthier than just going to the fast food place and getting it yourself, well, so... a lot of them were, like, Applebee's, like, here's how they do this, or here's how they make the Bloomin' Onion at the uh, Bloomin' Onion place. But I feel like that's part of the fun of going to a place. Like, if you have, like, a food at a restaurant that you enjoy, like, part of the fun is going out. Yeah. So if I'm going to eat that thing, I want the experience of it. The only real exception is the Red Lobster biscuits. There's no reason for Red <laughs> Lobster to exist. They could just start selling those boxed biscuits because those are fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any fast food that or restaurant food that I love so much that I'm like, I want to make that at home. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, once a year when I go out to that place, I'll get that thing. Yeah, this one had like, here's a McDonald's McRib. And it's, it's like, gross. dude, you can go buy one for two ninety nine. Why are you making it in your kitchen? <laughs> it's COVID. Because of COVID. <laughs> All those McDonald's people that are afraid of health warnings. <laughs> people that habitually eat McDonald's that are terrified about the health system. I won't lie. I did stop. It's um, a joke about cholesterol. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I did stop at McDonald's for breakfast one morning when I didn't have time to uh, like make breakfast before I left. And it was like... Maybe a month or two into COVID, and I did have, like, a who's touching my food, like that. <laughs> a 16-year-old who scratches their acne. Probably. <laughs> but I'm still alive, so. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Brett's Valentine's gift is not here yet. That's fine with so. this dude. Don't give a shit. Well, you will when you get it. Well, I'll be happy to get it. I'm learning. You don't give a shit about me giving you gifts. <sighs> Rude. No, I'm being more proactive in my love. That's where all this is kind of coming out of. Kristen and I have had a bunch of big conversations as of late about being more proactive in our love. I've been reading the Five Love Languages book, and I've learned a lot of things, and I feel like we've been, you know, a tighter couple because of it. So I think that, you know, our cooking on Sundays and our healthy meals on Wednesdays and, you know, trying to follow the Love Language book. (laughs) Yeah, I bought that book, like, two-ish years ago and Brett made fun of me for it and I was like it's really not that bad though <laughs> it's a pretty incredible book and in my like, head he's got when... some interesting things to say yeah no in my head it was like when people bring up the secret and it's like just about vision boards and you don't actually have to work you know <laughs> it's like how they interpret it and I was like I'm not reading none of that self-help horseshit but it's actually pretty interesting and you know as we discussed um personally uh, before i read it there's nothing like deeply profound in the book that mm. you've never thought about it's just focused all right so here's this thing everybody thinks they know let's look into it a little deeper and see how much you know about it and how much like you're giving that to your partner are you how far are you from being done with it i'm on the fifth language but there's still like another quarter of the book left i think Gotcha. I haven't read it in a while, so I honestly don't remember what the back half of the book is about. Because it's, it's not Me like either. A... I was like, they're flying through these. And then five, it was like um, Intimate Touch or whatever the that one is. And I was like, is he just going to talk about fucking for the rest of this book? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, if I remember right, I think the back half of the book is kind of how to implement that stuff into your life. Mm-hmm. And um, like how, uh, like the, the premise of the book is kind of like... Uh, there are Finding. five. Yeah. 
Well, finding um, like deeper connections past the puppy love phase mm-hmm. and how to um, communicate love to your partner in a way that your partner is most receptive of it. So, um, it's yeah, it's not a super profound book, but it is kind of like a if you feel like you go out of your way for your partner in all these ways and your partner doesn't really seem very receptive, like kind of reanalyzing how yeah. you're expressing love and how that other person is expressing love to you. So it's just kind of an interesting, like, how to reassess what you're putting into your relationship in a meaningful way. Um, I like it. <laughs> Am I making you uncomfortable? No, not okay. at all. I like I haven't read it in like two years. Like I don't. We're doing an episode on <laughs> Valentine's Day. I'm talking love. I'm reading a book about love. No, I have. I just haven't read it in like two years. It's not one of those books that I feel like is like. I don't know. Like, there are better writers out there and better yeah. books out there and more inspiring books out there. So it's not like a book that like two years later I'm like I remember word for word everything <laughs> he said because it was the most profound book I've ever read. And well, what I like about it is I read almost every day. Like I, I slip up a few times on my days off because I can play a video game and I just need to like zone out for a minute. But every day at work, that's what I do on my lunch break is I read. And then you find when you start reading on your lunch break that you reflect a lot more throughout your day on what you read at lunch. Or at least I do because I love reading. So like it's my favorite thirty minutes of my entire shift is the time when I'm not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it gives me things as far as like personal development and our relationship, it gives me something to reflect on for the back six hours of my shift. You know, where I can think about how I've failed to implement certain things or times where I did a really good job and it made you happy and how I might be able to do it again in the future. And hence, hey, why don't we go to the fucking Barnes and Noble and walk around the cookbook aisle, pick out new thing and then go make new thing. It'll be mystery dinner. (laughs) I do think that's something. um, It was gift giving. It was adventurous. It was quality time. I think I hit all five fucking love languages. I didn't fuck you in the Barnes and Noble cookbook section. That's no, the but old... you, you put your hand on my back. I did put your. I, I did. I learned that. I was like, that is an important and very easy thing to you know make your partner feel more loved. Just when you walk past them, put your hand on their shoulder. But conversely, when I put my hand in your arm, you were like, "Are you okay?" Is everything like, all right? I was like, "Yeah, I'm just holding your arm." I've got a fight and flight response. So if I, you know, a woman grabs my arm, I'm like, "Who's staring at her? <laughs> Who am I fucking up in this bookstore?" <laughs> Uh, no, I think that is something is it I'm... the creepy guy with the sweater vest? <laughs> <laughs> I think that is something that I'm still personally um, working on. Because, like, you and I spend a lot of, especially because of the pandemic and everything, like, a lot of time at home spending time together. And yeah, we in a don't very really... small apartment. Yeah, and we don't really, like, go out very often. And, um... Like, the times that we do, there's always some kind of purpose, so we're not typically, like, any one location for, like, an excess of time. So, like, I'm still, like, trying to, because I'm kind of a self-conscious person, like, trying to find a medium where I don't feel like I'm wasting the other person's time. So, like, when we were at the bookstore for a long time today, I was like, oh, I'm wasting his day. No, I never never felt that way, and you voiced that while we were there at the shop you're like you seem frustrated and it's like i'm not frustrated like i i might step outside and have a cigarette here in a minute and then come back in but being in a bookstore is one of my favorite things to do so like i didn't want you to feel like it was you know like i was feeling impatient i wasn't i just had like the nicotine jitters i think too having to wear which i'm not 
I'm fine with wearing and a the mask. mask. I'm not, yeah, I'm not anti-mask. It's melting I'm my fucking face. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fine with having yeah. to wear a mask while all this is going on. But yeah, I think too... Um, it's a massive snowstorm in Montana, so the heat is cranked up you're in the Barnes & Noble. <laughs> you got a mask on your face, and it's like, man, this is a little less enjoyable than it would have been a year ago. Yeah, if I could breathe. <laughs> so yeah, then you start to feel like... A little cranky yourself, and it's like, we should probably leave now. <laughs> there's nothing good about literature. <laughs> no, it's just, there's a lot of pressure. I had to pick a recipe, and then I picked the wrong one. <laughs> you didn't pick the wrong one. There are no wrong ones. We're going to make that one next week. Is it really early this week? Tasty looking green bean casserole in it, too. Mm-hmm. And I don't even like casseroles, but it looks tasty. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited for that. I'm pretty fucking pumped about it. Awkward silent. No, it's not kidding. awkward. You can sit in it. <laughs> no. No? No. Everybody was a kung fu fighting. <laughs> uh, I, I, um, I mean, I knew I probably wouldn't be here on time. I am kind of sad. I can't give you your gift, though, because... It's okay. I've got mine on. I thought so. I'm treating it as a Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> that was more of a professional investment. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my gifts for you have been personal and professional investments. I've lost my tongue already. This is going to be a long one, guys. (laughs) Yeah, but I I like my toys, so. They're not toys. (laughs) So those have all been fun for me. But going into 2021, because we didn't do, like, the big 2021 episode, I guess we could talk about things that we want to do on a professional level, or did we cover that? I think we did a little bit around Christmas, but, I mean, it's been, we've been away for a minute. (laughs) Um. Uh, you threw me off. You can't. You can't mouth to me off. My I'm sorry. <laughs> tap that. <laughs> All on the floor. Tap that. Here's some more. Tap that. Yeah. Um. Do you saw? Tap that. Uh, Cheetah prepper. I guess. Cheetah prepper shirt. Cheetah pattern shirt. <laughs> I guess. Um. In sadder 2021 news, Brett and I. We're going to be in our tiny little apartment for a while longer. Yeah. The landlord is about as happy about it as we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, I was kind of hoping towards the end of the year we'd have a house and have more space to kind of work on our creative stuff. But we have decided we're going to be positive. Yeah. And self-motivate. It gives us a whole other year to get our shit together. And maybe a year from now, we won't be in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic and all you goddamn Californians will have moved out of our state. <laughs> but we have been watching... We're pre-COVID. Pre-COVID refugees are different than post-COVID refugees. You got panicked. I left because I hated the other place before the disease. Go back to California. I know how big... Don't be that I know guy. How, I know how big Skid Row is now. Don't be that good. No. Skid Row is 56 blocks. I've learned that recently. I was about to say that, though. Um, so we've been watching... You did that to your homeless people, quick and more homeless people in my place. I've been watching um, a lot of Netflix documentaries and stuff right lately. Mm-hmm. Not rately. Um, and... We don't rate any of them. <laughs> uh, the more recent one we've been watching is the one about Eliza Lamb. Mm-hmm. Um the girl at the Cecil Hotel mm-hmm. who ended up in the water tank. And um, it's a there's a lot of information in there that I was not aware of. It's a really sad case. And, yeah. Um, conspiracy nuts. We still have 30 minutes left to go because I had a whole freak out. I was like, what do you mean it was because she was bipolar? <laughs> I'm bipolar. 
Yeah, Conspiracy <laughs> Nuts kind of ran away with some stuff involving her death, but mm-hmm. um, kind of a side note. They owe Morbid just... an apology. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a side note, just thinking about uh, creativity and us being in our small apartment a bit longer. Mm-hmm. I have noticed a lot of Netflix documentaries have like a lot of these like really tight like shots, and there was definitely a shot that I was like, they stole. but i was like well you know if we're gonna be here for a bit longer i can just be more creative about the type of shots i'm doing because like a lot of their shots were like super close up and you couldn't even really tell the room they were in or whatever and i was like it's a good workaround i guess if you don't have a great space to shoot in you can be like we'll just show the eyes we just need to look at it in a different light positivity and they did a lot of colored lighting in that. And I was like, I have all the colored gels. So <laughs> color light all the things Fuck in yeah. close-up. <laughs> so we're going to make some more shorts? Or are you wanting to do more like um, I still have film that. study type projects? I still have that one. Um, My COVID short? No, not that one. The one from... The one I keep thinking is in your book that's not in your book. Um, oh, the... Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to do that one while we're still here, just because I think it would make the most sense to do it while we're in an apartment. Um, but yeah, that's my only like big, big goal for Should we focus on one film to get it to a film festival this year, or do you want to do like two films for the year and spend... I think it just depends on how long it takes. Like that one's one I really want to spend time on, and I feel like in the past, like setting deadlines for the other ones has maybe been to some detriment like it's like it's it good adds and bad. pressure in the middle of a global pandemic when you know. well, it's good and bad because it kind of <coughs> forces you to motivate yourself to like get to work on it but at the same time when you're running out of time you're like oh we just got to get it done mm-hmm. and um you start this, rushing shots instead of taking time with it yeah this one that i want to do um I think it's going to end up being really good if it Mm -hmm. ends up being how I want it to be. So I kind of want to take my time with it. So, I mean, if it takes most of the year to get it done, then it takes most of the year to get it done. But if we get it done, you know, by summer, that's a whole nother half year to work on something. Yeah. I think it just kind of depends on how I'm feeling about it. But we're wanting to get into one of the Halloween festivals this year, or you wanting to go for one later in the year or earlier? Probably later in the year. I think a lot of the ones I've looked at in the past have kind of happened around fall. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, probably by fall. So for one of the Halloween ones, then? Yeah. I don't have any specific ones in mind. I'm, uh... Not Tribeca, here we come. I was like, I'm not really like expecting to get into the can festival or anything <laughs> anytime soon. They're gonna be like, What but I do have a better camera now, so you yeah. never know. In the you rock never know. Scene, I might be coming for you, Cam. Yeah. And they're they're building a fucking studio here in town this month. It should it be won't be done until like the end of the year. Yeah, though. it'll take forever, but they're currently setting it up. And the Roxy is holding, you know, film festivals and you know, like park your car and look at a big screen kind of way so it's very doable even if it is just a local festival or if it's attached to the studio for us to be able to get one out at least to a festival i I will frame a rejection letter i just want to know that we got one done and we were confident i was like you motherfuckers i'm from nashville (laughs) (laughs) i'm from there half your fucking people are from atlanta well we were still living there whenever um because i submitted the dolls to one in nashville got a rejection letter <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> Don't appreciate me. Wouldn't have got the rejection letter if my original opener was left in that bastion. <laughs> it would have been blown away from the very beginning. 
Um, <laughs> I've been like, man, that's ballsy. I don't know how we're gonna go through well, with this. Well, they had a, which I kind of expected that anyway. They had like a little like, um, you know how MTSU had like the art gallery where you could show like your photographs and stuff mm-hmm. like that in the art or in the media building. Well, they had like a. I guess gallery or whatever but like for film students as well where they would like show your shorts but they had to be under a certain amount of time and the actual I ate my shorts <laughs> the actual <laughs> dolls itself was too long so I tried submitting the trailer and they were like yeah no yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was like well fine I thought I found the workaround <laughs> thought I read the fine print in this basket well I think the content of it too the university was like we're not displaying that <laughs> it's like the dean's already been involved in this case this <laughs> obscenity trial that we're going through as seniors in college I got rejected from my own university as well it's like fine fuck it I get rejected by a lot of but you, but you, you did get accepted by one. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, if you guys want to know the major source of my depression right now, um, fucking turns out on Christmas Eve, I got an email from the university telling me that I was moving into the second pool of job interviews for a job that would double my pay with the um, possibility of quadrupling my current pay and it was um, in your actual and field. it was in my field it was in editing for the university and i was so fucking excited because i really wanted that job that came in on christmas eve and i noticed uh on the 24th of january <laughs> and they wanted you to turn in some extra yeah, stuff yeah yeah they wanted they wanted shit that i have on hand for that exact opportunity if i had seen that email i would have had the writing samples they needed three 500 word writing samples and a couple of other things and some references the hardest part would have been getting references that's it but i'm pretty sure i could call you know my dr arroyo back out shout out to arroyo go read his books um I'm pretty sure I could get a hold of him, you know, in a pinch, and he could find two other people that were like, "Oh, I remember that creepy bastard that wrote all those fucking child rape poems." You, know? you could put me as a reference. I could use you as a professional reference. Billy like, worked on yeah. some shit. Her name is Kristen Bloom. Yes, she's married. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. But I missed it entirely. (laughs) And then I sent a pleading email. Not a pleading email, but like I understand that I went over the deadline. I never checked this email. I didn't expect to get the job. I'm so sorry. I'll keep an eye out and apply next go around. And then they never emailed me again. And I was like, that's it. I've lost my opportunity to work at the university. I, on the other hand, got another rejection letter from the university. Like, it was a very uplifting. Yeah. It was like, try again next time. Well, it was like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We fucking love you, but we still can't fill this position because this we still can't bring students into the room. Uh, I was just really excited because it was like, man, I'm 29 and I could have just made uh, more money than my dad ever made in his whole fucking life. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, doing something. I'm arguably the only thing I'm good at. You know? I'm a great editor. I'm a decent writer. <laughs> I like your writing. <laughs> Trying to make a film with your writing? Yeah. But like the way that I look at editing is like that scene from The Matrix where the dude's looking at all the numbers that are falling down and he goes, after a while, you stop seeing numbers. <laughs> you just start seeing, you know, steak or whatever the fucking line there is, is no with spoon. the back. Yeah, there is no spoon. 
And there is no job at the university. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that is kind of funny. <laughs> there is snow and I do have sciatica. <laughs> <laughs> and there's beer. And <laughs> there's no pork chops, though. But yeah, maybe I'll make that another goal for the year. Apply again for the university now that I know that I, you know... That's big. At least know that I belong in the room. You know? I mean, that's pretty big. That's something to be proud of, that someone who I'm assuming is someone who already does that for a living or is at least in charge of people who do that for a living was like, yeah, that kid's impressive. Yeah. They probably said, you know, he's not that good right now, but I see a lot of potential for growth. If only he'd he answer his emails. Yeah, he sucks, but he's 29. <laughs> Imagine if 20 years from now, he'll be the greatest editor the world has ever seen. <laughs> That's not what happened. <laughs> so what are your goals for 20? Well, apparently, even in my fantasies, it's not to be the greatest writer the world has ever seen. Um, I really... I, I've got manuscripts on manuscripts that I need to be fucking working on, but you know, I'm the greatest editor that's ever been, so I don't do that. <laughs> uh, I'm above my own work. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to hammer out, um, that memoir that we've talked about, about that period of time between losing dad and moving up here. Mm-hmm. It's a little like, presumptuous to call it a memoir you know like it's not a memoir of my life it's not there i was in 1991 screaming <laughs> while they tried to force my mom's tit in my face i was a baby in 1991 um <laughs> a literal just got born baby so that all right whatever because um, <laughs> <laughs> it's memoir-esque if you've ever read a memoir they always leave in weird details and, um, my dad writes porn. <laughs> my dad writes porn. And <laughs> I finally started reading Bird by Bird. Kristen's finally on Bird by Bird. <laughs> but, um, no, um, I'd really like to start that. Like, I feel like I've been motivated in that direction a lot lately, especially because I've been reading the love languages. But I'm learning how to talk with my wife about things, you know, from when I was growing up. And I've noticed, like... I don't have the through line yet, but I know there is a way to tell the story about losing dad that year of manic chaos or two years of manic chaos and my mental health slip and coming out of that and getting the degree and then moving here with you and getting married. Like, I know that that is kind of where I want to bookcase it. It was like open on the day of dad's death and now. And then tell stories from the past and the present as I kind of go through that series of years. So like a four-year period, um, memoired. And it's not, I'm not special. People have lost their dads much younger than me. Personal friends of mine lost them when they were kids. And a lot of people don't have one to begin with. So I'm not trying to say that nobody else's story needs to be told. I'm just saying like there was this chaotic the only story you can tell is your own though exactly but there was like this chaotic getting bitch slapped into adulthood (laughs) is the best way i could explain it like he was on hospice care i was taking my finals you know like i i couldn't stop trying to be a student and then 
that took away from time I got with him, but it added to the little time that I did have with him. Honestly, I was like buying drugs the an hour before he died. Like I was buying my first like bag of weed since high school. And, like drove it, and then like he dies, and that whole story where we're drunk dial telling people dad's dead, like me and my brother in the garage in the sun, and then. <laughs> When I go to leave, I'm a little hammered and the truck just reeks of marijuana because I left all the windows rolled up on a hot day in Tennessee. <laughs> I'm honestly kind of impressed that you didn't end up dropping out, actually, because your dad died and then, yeah, you were going through some issues of your own. So I'm kind of impressed. I feel like most people in that situation would be like, I'm going to take some time off and maybe come back and finish this later. Yeah, no, he was being pulled out of the hospital and driven home for hospice care. And I had this big test, but I was like pacing in the hallway because I was obviously, I didn't know what the fuck to do. And um, I had this professor, I can't remember his name. I need to figure his name out before I write the book. (laughs) He goes, you know, you could just go home and spend time with your dad. And I was like, he doesn't know who he is or where he is. And I'm not a doctor. So like, what difference would that make? (laughs) If he dies while I'm here, if he dies while I'm beside him, he's not lucid, you know? And the way that he looked at me when I told him that was like the first time I felt like anybody looked at me like I was a man. So like stories like that, you know, that I'm getting a bit more comfortable talking about only with you and apparently now with this fucking microphone, these headphones are the devil. <laughs> do you not like them? No, I do, but they isolated our conversation and now I'm thinking about it and it's going to get weird. <laughs> but like stories like that, like I feel like I have a unique perspective on just not that I am a person with a dead dad, you know, <laughs> more people than not have dead fathers. Um, but like finally learning who it was that I was and losing him simultaneously because of our relationship um, made these past couple of years very impactful. And like there's trauma and there's forgiveness and there's hatred and hatred and hatred. (laughs) So I think I want to at least finish the rough on that or have a collection of stories that I know that I can turn into a rough draft if I can just lay them out right Um, by the end of the year, I think would be a good move for me. Because I don't want to get too far away from them, but I finally feel that I'm far enough away from them that I can talk about them again, which is the premise of Bird by Bird. <laughs> don't spoil it. I just started That's not it. the whole premise. She's got like a, a premise every chapter, but she's awesome. What? I'm sorry. I feel like I rambled on there. No, I, I like hearing about it. No, I think that's a good goal. Yeah. Um, I think I need to dig deep yeah, even if you're and write just... that bastard. Writing little sections at a time in a notebook or something. Yeah. I think that would be good. Like I've got the <laughs> baseball story, like I told you about the other night, that kind of made you giggle. And then I've got Dad's um, theory on women being toasters. That's my favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite story. No, but it's things that I can you know drop in, and if I can lay them out, it'll be a memoir. <laughs> I was raised by a violent alcoholic who was special forces and my, died of a liver disease at is, 54. What are men then? <laughs> what are men? Useless. Fucking. 
fixer upper jeeps men are fixer upper jeeps <laughs> fixer upper jeeps violent alcoholics according to my dad <laughs> i just think that's funny when which i mean women do it too like that whole um men are like bleh yeah, but yeah. just that philosophy of like almost like a superior, it's like superiority. Like the whole gender is just <laughs> trash. Just gotta throw them all away. Just get rid of them. It's like, so what are you then? There's no good men around. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry if you're still fucking that dude on Xanax driving that Nissan. Like that ain't my fucking problem, lady. There's no real men around. <laughs> Quit fucking every trailer junkie. You'll be all right. <laughs> Well, if I'm a toaster, I am a deluxe toaster that can toast four pieces you of toast. You are a deluxe while toaster. Po- while poaching an egg at the same time. <laughs> you would have made my dad very happy. <laughs> my dad loved toast, apparently. And fucking around on my mother. Aww. Oh. Happy Valentine's. <laughs> Tell jokes. Tell me I don't appreciate jokes. (laughs) Mm. So we're going to make brownies later. Making brownies. (laughs) Yeah, dad's theory on on women was like, women are like toasters. If it stops making toast. Now, what's the fucking, the actual theory? If it stops working, you can replace it. You don't need to spend all this. There's no point fixing it. This is basically his approach. (laughs) My recently divorced dad fucked up on a handle of vodka on his couch, just like splayed out and fucking, I have to help him stand up. Women are like toasters. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, dad, I'm just learning Macbeth. Why are you doing this to me? Yeah, but the premise of just buying a new one is why he didn't have a couch. Yes. (laughs) And he had four wives. (laughs) That's why he didn't have any furniture in his house. (laughs) It's like the Christopher Titus joke. It was just me, my dad, and a fucking one-man water raft. (laughs) I can actually be Captain Turns out when you throw the toaster away, you have to throw away half of your belongings. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out you lose your house and you have to live behind the tire store, Dad. That's (laughs) You're a 23-year combat veteran. <laughs> Your kids have to walk to Sonic. <laughs> what I mean to say is there is a wealth of material to tell this story about the relationship that I had with my dad. <laughs> Turns out women are not toasters might be my last sentence in the book. Because, and after all of that, I learned women are not toasters. <laughs> I learned sometimes you have to fix the maybe, toaster. Maybe that's how I bookend it. <laughs> the beginning and the end. My father once told me that women were toasters. Of course, he told me this drunk on half of a handle of vodka. And we were eating giant turkey legs <laughs> that had marinated all day in buffalo sauce because in his mind, that was a chicken leg. <laughs> and we couldn't get any chicken wings. And then, like, at the end, I'd be like, and there I was, eating my chicken wings next to my beautiful life. And I learned, (laughs) women are not all toasters. There you go. It's a lesson on bookends. That's definitely not how it's going to go. that would be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) like, sometimes. It's the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, sometimes not all the baseballs hit you in the jaw. (laughs) (laughs) But if you get hit, you get to go to first. Exactly. (laughs) 
turns out if you face your fears and then your real fear actually fucking happens, you get, get to, to you get to walk to first base and then watch your dad try to beat up an eleven year old. It's like, it's like the participation trophy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's my goal. I'm sorry, I bogarted the episode. No, you're good. I, I wouldn't be able to... I mean, I, I don't know how one would do a memoir in film form anyway, unless you have a movie about fictional characters. That's interesting. You could you could do it. No. <laughs> I think... Because the, the phone call I would get from my family <laughs> yeah. would not be worth the trouble. Well, that's why and there's a certain part in Bird by Bird, I think near the end, where she starts, or she teases it from chapter one, but she's like, I'll tell you how to make money and how to write, you know, your own memoir. And, um, her advice at one point is every man that's ever hurt you, you describe them as having an incredibly small penis. And if they're willing to stand in front of a judge and say, I have an incredibly small penis, <laughs> then you have <laughs> all right to just give them the copyright to the book you wrote about them. Because <laughs> that's goddamn hilarious. It's like no man is ever going to go, sure, I beat her and I took off on the kid. And I have a really small penis. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I guess that's the only plus side to your father being gone is you can write a memoir about whatever you want to yeah, write about. I can piss off everybody else, <laughs> but they can't really do anything because my dad can't sue me for defamation. <laughs> And uh, everybody in my family will attest that if they weren't there, they could understand and they could definitely see Chad in that situation. That's why people write memoirs when they're old. They're like, half those people are dead, so nobody cares. Yeah, nobody can come back and be like, that's not how it went. No, the art of memoir is like the art of your side of the story. Another thing that you'll see in Bird by Bird is you own your side of the story. I think we covered that when I was reading it. We were talking on here. Mm-hmm. You own the skeletons in your closet. Talk too. Yeah. You own the skeletons in your closet. You can tell those stories. That's <laughs> where all story comes from. So. But my dad doesn't write pornography. I don't know for sure. <laughs> what? That's not true. I haven't spent enough time with him. <laughs> he just makes wine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would assume the people that make wine or compost also make, you know pornography <laughs> it's not a not a far leap <laughs> i'd watch your dad in a porn <laughs> that's weird <laughs> is it any surprise at all that the valentine's episode had nothing to do with the valentine's i tried love i tried to talk about the love languages book and go into fucking barnes and noble i <laughs> complimented your shirt you're currently taking off nice tits <laughs> I am not, you liar. I'm wearing a onesie. I can't take my top off. It's all connected. Exactly. It's a circle. It is a circle. This episode is all connected as well. This episode can't take its top off. These are both facts. Very, very insightful facts there, Bradley. Um, Jax is doing much better. I don't know that we've aired an episode talking about him being sick, have we? I think he was sick when we started, or when we started to taper. No, not when he started to taper, when he just got on the pills. He wasn't doing good, he was pretty lethargic. Mm. Like, way back in December, has he been on the pills that long? Yeah, late December. Oh, man. Like, when we were doing the... Because the the bones got brought into the shelter as, like, a Christmas present. Uh. 
And well, I'm so happy no I did No wonder not. the apartment smells like pee. He's been doing it every day for two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack's um, got a hold of a bone that somebody gave to us, and I think there was bad meat, and he possibly got some sort of a worm. The vet is very unclear. But basically, his platelets dropped to the point where if I'd waited another day, Jax would not be with us anymore. And um, he got put on a incredibly high dose of drugs. Uh, at one point, we were giving him three, oh no, not three, seven pills a day. And then we got down to... Um, like four and then three and a half. And now we are at one pill in the morning, one pill at night. Hopefully we'll turn to one pill in a day in like the next couple of weeks. He's starting um, to be a little more like himself. Again. Yeah. He lost all of his color. Since we put him on the pill, he's probably gained 20 goddamn pounds. He's, he's so the fattest fat. goddamn dog I've ever seen. He's so fat. Um, and he pisses all over creation. But the Jack's update, he is still here. He's laying a foot and a half away from Kristen right now. He's looking, just not been barking throughout the episode. I'm very concerned that we're talking about him. <laughs> what are you about me up there? He's going to call me fat. But yeah, he, uh, when this all first started, wouldn't even uh, eat. And he'd only drink if I like brought him water in a cup specifically to him. And like wouldn't eat steak on steak night. And that's his favorite night ever. And yeah. We've, Hit the point where he is now whining for every plate because he thinks all the food is for him. <laughs> all the food's for him. He got put on a different kind of diet with a little bit of wet food mixed in. He eats cheese. He's fucking... The, the pills have cranked his appetite up and he sucks down water like a bastard. And it finally looks like we're actually going to pull through. So yeah. I'm very fucking excited. Platelets that... are back up in the normal. We just have to taper off the pills. Yeah. That's the Jax update. Are there any other major updates? The apartment smells like urine. Yeah. He <laughs> he pisses about once an hour, which means if we sleep for eight hours, we wake up to a lake in the living room. But on the we plus gotta, side, we got a carpet cleaner we for do, a wedding gift. We do have a carpet cleaner. <laughs> so. On the downside, it was negative eight yesterday, and we had to take him outside to pee every hour on the hour. <laughs> yeah. And we're He's probably going to have guess. to do it again. Winking at me over here. You're worth it, I guess. <laughs> his, his old grumpy self again, barking out the window. Yeah. But now he's got jowls, because he's a fatty. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that's all the updates. Do you have anything else you'd like to cover, love? Or do you want to go make lamb? Yeah. Let's go make lamb. I almost said someone. duck, and I was like, ooh, duck would be really nice. There was a duck recipe in one yeah. of the books. I don't think it's in the one that we got, but it was like duck breasts almost. And I was mm. like, I don't know how hard that would be to find. And then I picked a meat that we couldn't find anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but like for a brief moment, because it was like a duck breast that was like scored. And then like they had their own orange sauce they made, and it looked so good. And I was like, oh, I bet that's awesome. But the place over on Orange Street carries duck. Duck, like duck breasts though because every time i've bought it it's been like a the whole, whole duck. duck well we could probably buy the whole duck and cut the breasts off of it like they used to do to those women in vietnam <laughs> during the my line massacre Happy <laughs> <Valentine's>. <laughs> see what i have to put up with oh god it's been a while sweetheart do you want to do the plugs do you have the plugs in your head yeah i hitch them with you 
hit you with. <laughs> hit you with. Can it. you do the plugs? <laughs> you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash nightmare box productions or Kristen's YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash Kristen Blue. Sexy. And then our Twitter at <laughs> uh, that would be at Nightmare Box Pro or even our Instagram. At Nightmare Box Productions. Um, but better off, you can find us at our website, which is... You remembered it. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> it's the thenightmarebox.blog. Um, and over there, you can see the films. You can read a couple of stories. I believe that there's screenplays still on there for the films that we've dropped. So you can, you know, if you want to reshoot it or whatever the fuck you want to do. And then there's um, the email. If you guys want to reach out to us at... Nightmareboxproductions at Gmail. Hell fucking yeah. And please send us an email in 2021. Maybe that's my other goal. Email me, bitch. And then Facebook at... Facebook.com slash Nightmareboxproductions. And uh, you can reach us over there as well. My dog looks like he's going to piss himself. I'm sorry for the quick way out. But I'm happy to be back. I'm happy that Kristen is back. She looks goddamn beautiful tonight i'm gonna go enjoy my valentine's day with my beautiful wife drink a bottle of wine listen to music probably come too fast all the fun (laughs) things do you have anything else to add (laughs) i love you sweetheart and i love you guys and we will talk to you on tuesday i don't know what film we're gonna watch do you have any ones that you want to cover we don't have to watch it tonight we can yeah I mean, I'd still like to do Eternal Sunshine just because we haven't done it yet, but I don't even know if it's still on Netflix anymore if they've taken it down by now. It might be, finally, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. But if it's not, then that one will be next Tuesday because if it's not on Netflix, I'll buy it and we'll watch it. Deal? Sure. All right. I love you, babe. Love you. Love you guys, too. Bye-bye. 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 I don't want to do the do Duper 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 Britney Spears and you. <laughs> she lost her money and her dad's a cunt, baby. Burr, 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 baby. Justin Timberlake is the bye 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 guy, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's Backstreet Boys, actually. Oh, he's not a bye guy? <laughs> I told you. I'm hilarious. Mm-hmm.